Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike, the creator of the One Life Podcast, believes most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike wants you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life Podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life Podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life Podcast to your playlist. That's the number one in e-life. Available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and your favorite podcast platform. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed. And as always, we have my lovely friend here, Kate, at the Exposed Release Party, celebrating her new book, the release of Exposed, Surviving the Commercial Sex Industry. How are you doing today, Kate? How I am so excited right now. Like, we're having several things go on in this room. We're having um, the book launch, but we're also launching um, the Exposed Art Exhibit, okay. which is, um, part of it is about my story, about the book. And then there's some other pieces here that are about other survivors. So I'm really honored to be in this room with about 13 other survivors' um, stories. Nice. Not to mention there's survivors in the, coming to this exhibit that have great stories, and they're here to celebrate too. So I'm super excited. You look super excited. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I'm so proud of you. I mean, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be here. This is awesome. But what I mean, can you tell me like why is this so important for you to even have to do this event? Yeah, um, you know, I have always been kind of an artist underneath right. and wanted to, you know, be an artist. And I think the way that it ends up coming out through me is watching people and then finding out what can I do with them to express some form of art. Right. And so um, I work with survivors in our program. We do like a lot of healing art kind of um, support groups and therapy and um, some of the exhibit here is some really cool stuff we've done. We did upstairs, we have a piece that's um, a black light experience. So it's their thumbprint, and they did a poem called Where I Am From, and it's talking about their childhood through on, through up to now and where they're at. And it's just such a, a revealing and deep, and it, and it calls them to calls for them to be really introspective right and so we did this poem and that's upstairs and it's under blacklight i love that by the way that's very creative yeah i've never seen anything like that yeah and the girls had a lot of fun doing yeah. that so we have that and then we have the walk in her shoes which is here and that's stories from survivors with their shoe on a podium and you can um, scan it, scan the QR code, and hear our three-minute version okay. of their story while they were wearing that shoe. So my whole thing is about um, helping people to understand about domestic trafficking. Right. Because people are always saying, that's not happening right here in my neighborhood. And yes, it yes. is. It's happening in every neighborhood. Every neighborhood. And I just want people to not be afraid of it. Like, we need to know the girl. And that's what I'm about. Like my picture tonight, I've got pictures of me when I was in the life and I have pictures of me as a child because I want people to make that connection that she's a little girl right. who, you know, had hopes and dreams and things went wrong. And so let's get back to her and let's find her again and help her find her way out. And so I want this exhibit to travel 
so that it can, we want to collaborate with other artists that want to work with us and help us do some really cool projects and then put this out there. Maybe it'll travel to different cities and even, you know, be artists and survivors from that city. So I just, I just want this to be something that will be exciting for everybody. Well, it is, and it looks like everybody's having a great time. Um, the, the exhibits, I mean, this, you guys did an amazing job. Thank you. I mean, I walked in here, and I was just like, oh, I know I was here with you a couple of weeks ago, and we was kind of planning it out, but this was nothing what I thought. Like, yeah. I walked in here, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited, yeah. I was so glad you wanted to do a podcast here, because that's oh. that's so future. You know what I mean? I got love to, it. Yeah, got to. Yeah. So, um... Tell them about uh, where they can get the book from. So you can get my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble website, or you can go through our website, which is cherishla.org, and click on book at the top or about, and then you'll find the book there. Um, there's also another way. If you would like to buy books for other survivors, I have support groups now. People calling me all the time, can you lead a support group with a group of survivors? I have 10 girls. Can you lead the group? Well, I need to take 10 books with me. Right. So if people will um, link go on that link they can purchase books that I can give out or even ship to other survivors across the nation so that other people can also lead support groups right. with this book I love it I love it thank you and so you also have a foundation Cherish LA CherishLA.org talk a little bit about that just in case anybody yeah. needs that information so our organization um, we help women coming out of uh, commercial sex industry whatever form that is it could be uh, you know, they were with a boyfriend who was convincing them to, to get into the business so that they could make more money, all the way up to women who've been working in porn or strip clubs or just all the different ways. Survival, sometimes it's just about surviving. Right, yeah. So we work with women who identify with that. And um, if they want to come to us, if they need a place to stay, we offer them a home for in our home, a group home. But it's small and it's really intimate. And you're with other survivors who understand what you've been through. And uh, you can live there for two years while we help you. First of all, my first goal is to work through some of the trauma right. that has happened. Because when you're so fragmented from this kind of industry, you can't even think straight about getting going to school. Or, what, or you may not even know what you want to do with your life. So we want to help people figure out what they want to do. And we want to help them get to it. Right. And so women are allowed to come live in our home for you know two years or shorter if that's all they need so that we can help them get back on their feet. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you for doing that for all the Thank ladies you. out there because it definitely is really needed. Yeah. Like you said, we, we so, we're so naive about it that we don't think, oh, that's not in our neighborhood. And it's really right under our noses every single day, yeah. even in 2024. Yeah. It's, it's real. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for the thank book you. Exposed. Thank you. I hope everybody will get it. And you know what? Even if you weren't in the industry, I'm telling you, this book is going to speak to you because everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. So thank you for sharing yours. Thank you. One. And uh, I know I'm not going to keep you because you got a party to get yeah. to. But thank you for stopping by here and yeah. talking to us. And uh, enjoy yourself. All right. Congratulations thank you. again. Thank you, everybody. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MC Reed, and with me today, I have Kate's daughter, Adeline. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, happy how, how are you feeling about this event? Oh, I'm really excited. Um, it's been a long time coming, so I'm yes. really happy to be here and see all of it kind of come to fruition. All right. Now, tell me um, your experience um, growing up, and you know, what do you what do you think about how proud of you are you? your mom oh so so proud um she's been through so, through so so much and so to be able to see her kind of work through a lot of that 
that hardship and to be able to um, reach back into those deep places to, to use it to help other people, I'm just like blown away by right. her courage and just continually like facing all of those those um, those traumas and, and things like right. that for others. Right. So like me and her were just talking and um, like I have my show is all about um, positive psychology anything under the mental health on brother mm. and you know my tagline is everybody has a story and that's the story right so you obviously have a story too because you had obviously had to live through this yeah, yeah. like how, how did you one you know feel about going through all that um diversities and um how did you get through it mm. yeah um i don't know i think uh I think I just am continually, like like I said, just blown away by, by her courage. And so it was always just kind of an um, inspiration, I think, okay. to see how she dealt with this stuff. Right. Yeah, um, yeah I think growing up, there's a lot of people who, who were both really supportive or, like, there's no there's no in-between. The pendulum swung right. both ways. You either are or you're not. Yeah, yeah. Hate it or love it. Exactly. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, being, being her family and being able to grow up and, and hear, like, kind of behind the scenes of how she was dealing with all of that... Um, it changed my worldview a lot, and I think okay. that that set me up for, yeah, like my own story, and just to, to um, kind of grow through my own traumas and to like, okay. yeah, to, to face them head on like that. I love that, and, yeah. I, and I love the fact that you're here and you're supporting your mom, and, yeah. and you guys seems like you guys have a strong bond. Very, very right, strong. And, and I love your mindset about it. So tell me, what what can what else can we do as like a community um, to even get the awareness out there even more? Mm. Yeah, um, I think just asking questions and listening with an open mind. I think right. that that's the one number one thing. Um, yeah, and getting some of this, like her book, into the hands of people who just need to right. to read it, you know, or, or other literature too. That's just um, good for for psychology and trauma and um, getting people to to realize that you know the first step is the scariest, and once you get past that, it's you know you just you find your community and, and right. you push each other forward <laughs> and it's a lot better on the other side exactly yeah now what last question because uh, i know you want to get back to the party yeah um last question are there any tools that you learned from her any I, yeah any tools that you learned from her that you apply to your life now so you don't get caught up in that world mm. um yeah i think that uh i think the number one thing that she's always taught me is um i think everyone's going through something and right. like it's it's just listen. Try to be be honest with yourself first of all, right. and don't fake it. And um, yeah, just uh, just be vulnerable when you can, and listen when you can. But also um, look for those people who are willing to support you, and you can support them too. And, I love uh, that. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Alan, for joining us yeah. here. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all, we back. Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and I have Harmony here with me today at the Exposed Release Party. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How do you like the event so far? It's beautiful. I love it. She did a great job. Okay, great. So do you have a story that you can just tell us just a little bit about yourself and your experience? Yeah, so my name is Harmony Dust. I'm the founder of an organization called Treasures, and okay. we provide recovery services to women coming out of exploitation and trafficking. And nice. I myself am a survivor of pimp-controlled exploitation and, you know, went through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of pain, and then just realized that I needed to, after I went through some recovery, right. use everything that I had been through to help support other women who were going through similar things. Right. I love that. So tell me, why is it important for you to support this event in this book? 
Oh, I love Kate. Well, first of all, what's so wild is we have always known that we worked at the same exact club at the same exact time. Oh, wow. But I just looked at a photo of her, and I'm like, Kate, I think I knew you. Like, I literally remember oh, you. Oh, you just found out. Well, no, we always no, knew no, the no, timeline, okay. but when I saw her then, I was like... Oh, I do remember you. Wow. But, you know, because it's like you're in a whole different life. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's using different names, you know. Right. Yeah, so I, uh, Kate and I go back, you know, over 10 years, and we just, yeah, we're tight. I love her. She's amazing. She has a beautiful, genuine heart, and, um, yeah, so it's an honor to be here to support her. Oh, so what, what else can we do as a community to bring more awareness to this? Because, like, Kate and I were just talking and people don't realize, like, 2024, it's right under our nose still. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's why it's important, you know, to share stories ethically. I'm really big on ethical storytelling. Right. We have to be careful that it's not, you know, um, re-exploitation. But right. when someone like Kate overcomes what she's overcome and then has the willingness to put her story to the page... That is such a valuable tool in helping people understand the realities of exploitation and trafficking. Because unfortunately, a lot of people still think it's like the movie Taken, and it's like some something happens maybe in another country, and someone right. gets kidnapped, and they're held, you know, by gunpoint, and not recognizing that um, that's not what it looks like all the time. And in right. fact, in the U.S., especially when you're talking about domestic trafficking victims, they're more more likely to, you know, have. Romeo pimps and CEO pimps and the the trauma bonds and the um, the psychological chains are are more about coercion and manipulation than they are the the physical threat necessarily. Yeah. Of course, that's uh, can be a component as well. Right. So it's it's just so important for people to hear real stories of people who have overcome. Yeah. No, Kay was on my show um, about a month ago, and she talked about grooming and yeah. how. It's a, it, it, it goes on for a long period of time, and you think this guy is your friend and your best friend and all that, yeah. and it turns out it's not, you know, and you got to be recovered with that. Absolutely, okay, absolutely. Like I said, it's right underneath our nose, and we just got to gotta normalize these conversations. Right. Yeah, and in my situation, you know, my exploiter, I had known him since I was 11 years old. He was from my neighborhood, and... I, all of his older brothers were in the life, and he didn't want to live that life. So there were many years where we were just friends, and it wasn't like that. But it got to the point where he ended up falling back to the only thing that he knew, right. which was the life. And, you know, I can now look back and see that his intentions became to exploit me, but I was too naive and too vulnerable to see that. But he preyed on my vulnerability. He saw where I didn't have my parents around. He saw where I lacked a father and a father figure. He saw that... You know, my brother and I were on, were on our own. I was stealing from the liquor store to, to feed us, and he would buy us Burger King. And for me, that was enough to just be like, oh, he's taking care of me, and no one's ever done that before, right. you know? Right. But that was a part of the grooming. Right. Wow. Well, thank you, Harvey. Can you tell us a little bit about your company again and where they can re reach you? Yeah, so uh, the organization that I run is called Treasures, okay. and we provide recovery services to women coming out of exploitation and trafficking. And people can find out more at IamATreasure.com or on social media at Treasures LA or at I Am Harmony Dust. Okay, well, thank you so much. I don't want to take too much of your time. Yeah, thank, so you you. thank you for telling your story, and thank, thank you for you. stopping by. Thank you. Thank right. you for having me. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and I have the lovely Tara with us here today from Forgotten Children. Yes. Yes. Can tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so Forgotten Children, Inc. is an anti-trafficking organization, and our mission is to rescue, restore, educate, and bring hope to victims of human trafficking. So even though our name is Forgotten Children, Inc., people think we serve minors, but we actually serve adults that are 18 and older. And the reason why is because, unfortunately, when a, a survivor turns 18 and she's ready to leave the life, there are little to no services for her. And so we provide prevention, intervention, and aftercare support. We have a resource and drop-in center where they can come in and receive emergency housing, transportation, food, and clothing. And then we also have a safe house in the Inland Empire where they can come and stay for up to 24 months. And we provide trauma-informed care, stabilization of their lives. And we, we reintroduce them back to society in a way where they can take control of their lives. Love that. So tell me, why is it important for you to be here and to support this book release, Exposed? Yeah. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm super proud of Kate. Um, I've worked with her on several projects. And just just the fact that she is bold enough to tell her story right. unashamedly. You know, unfortunately, a lot of survivors, when they come out of the life, they're almost demonized for even just telling their story. Yeah. And so many of them, either they go back into hiding or they, or they um, live a life of shame because society is so judgmental. And the fact right. that Kate has come out with her book, Exposed, telling her story in a way that only Kate can tell her story, right. I believe is phenomenal. So I came out tonight to support her because I believe that as we champion one another, it, it, will, it will empower her to keep going. Right. No, absolutely. Um, like you so said, my show, One Life, it's all about positive psychology and anything underneath the mental health umbrella. And my tagline is, it's your story. So my, my whole objective and goal is always tell someone's story because I, I, I started off two years ago doing this show telling my story and it helped me tremendously. And I believe everybody's story can help everybody you know, else down the line. So that's why I do what I do and I love the fact that she wrote a book called Exposed. Yes. You and, I, and you said it, you know, I, I believe that the more we are vulnerable enough and bold enough to tell our yes. stories, it will empower other people that are how we used to be. Yes. to come out because sometimes people don't like to come out because they feel like they're the only ones. Right. But when we raise our hands and say, nope, I was just like you once upon yes. a time, this is what I did. This is how I came out and this is how I got over. So yes. I think it's important. And that's exactly why I do this. Yes. Because, and it's timeless, right? Because you never know five, ten years from now someone's going to hear this interview and they're going to be like, oh wow, I love her story. Yes. Like, I could finally come out. And, and, I, and I do understand that everybody has their time to come out. Right, it's a journey to tell your story because it's not easy. Right, but we have to do it. We have to normalize these conversations and not let society hold us back from that. So, yeah. yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, especially in the work that we do, you know, survivors feel like if I tell too much of my story, I'm exposed, right? And and I can't come back from that. But the opposite is true. You know, I'm a believer, and the Bible says that, you know, we are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony, the word yes. of our testimony. And so I believe that as you progress on and you and the Lord gives you the wisdom to tell your story, your story has the power to make the difference in someone else's life. Right. And so I just, I, I believe that wholeheartedly, and I just applaud anyone who's bold enough to tell their story Absolutely. and go so, you know, I, real quick, I heard someone say a long time ago, they said, I tell my business so I don't give the devil a chance to, because then I can control <laughs> right? the narrative, right? right. So, hey, that's for real. Yeah, so when I tell you I was arrested, yeah, I sure was. If I tell you I was uh, uh, I was in a life, yes, I was. I was addicted to, yes, I was. Because then it takes the sting out of someone else trying to tell their version of your story. 
and, and that's why my tagline is called It's Your Story because I, that's why I want people to tell their story because you don't want somebody else to write your book. Exactly. You hold the, you, you hold the pen. Yes. It's your book, it's your story. Your, yep, yep, and nobody has a right to tell their story. Your right. story, not even an AI. Exactly, <laughs> right. So one last question, and yeah. I'll let you get back to the party. Um, as a community, what more can we do to bring awareness to this? Yes, um, I, I believe it starts with things like this, with a, a like Kate, you know, going on the record to tell her story. But I also believe that as we, as a service provider, you know, we we create space for survivors to tell their stories, right. you know, without censoring them. I think the problem is that oftentimes we'll say, okay, say this, but don't say that, you know, and we 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 repin their story, not not. Um, intentionally but unintentionally right. and so I believe as we give them you know as we give them free reign to tell their stories but then we follow up with and here's how you can receive the care the trauma-informed care our organization all of our staff it's required volunteers that we receive trauma training so that we know how to talk we know how to interact with survivors that we do not re-victimize them and so I believe that if, when we create a safe environment for people to talk they will not only talk but they can heal as well right. I think unfortunately especially in the mental health space, a lot of people are not as um, aware as they seem to be, especially when it comes to women and girls of color. And so I also believe that you have to be culturally sensitive and sound when you are creating space, that you understand culture as well, that you understand a person's background. Not all survivors are the same, right. you, know, you know, but you know, whether she's you know, black, white, Hispanic, or whatever, understand their cultural background, use trauma-informed care, create safe space i love it yeah. i love it thank you for stopping by thank you for uh, having me can you tell us one more time what your company is or your foundation is and yes. where they can where they can contact you absolutely forgotten children inc www.fci-la.org that's www.fci-la.org Perfect. Thank you again, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks. All right, you guys. Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MC Reed, and I have Sally here with me. Hello. What's, what's the name of your foundation? We have an organization called Hope Refuge. It's now Olive Crest Hope Refuge. Okay. And can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, we are a short-term treatment program for okay. minors who have been rescued from sex trafficking. So we are the treatment that and the... Um, healing and restoration space that they go through as they come out of the life. Oh, I like that. So tell me, why is it important for you to be here and to support um, the Exposed book and, to, and Kate? Oh my gosh. Kate and I, we go back a bit. Well, okay. I say about, <laughs> it's actually probably about seven years, but okay. um, once we started working, once we started finding out about this issue, it was not part of my 25-year plan, Mike. Okay, just I so believe you know it, I believe it. We actually come from LA. We were in the entertainment industry, and I was working at DreamWorks at the time. But with a very long story, we ended up just being passionate about helping this cause. And one of the biggest crises we have right now in this nation is there are no beds with a program okay. for minors. And we're saying between 100 to 300,000 a year wow. are getting caught up in this. So we have a crisis. Yes. And uh, we ended up um, opening one of the largest facilities here in California. And that's how I met Kate. We were, I think we were actually at um, some prayer event. Okay. And I'd, I'd heard about Kate and what she was doing with Cherish. I called her up and I said, hey, do you guys need a retreat? 
because we hadn't opened at this point. We didn't oh, have the okay. girls there. And so we had this beautiful 200-acre facility that we were fully restoring. And we were doing retreats with girls. But we, I just thought, maybe they, their whole organization needs, you know, and their girls. And so I called her up and she went, are you kidding me? Are you asking me, do I need a retreat? <laughs> she, I was like, yeah, do you guys need a retreat? Fully covered, we got you, you know, come away four or five days up on the hill in Santa Barbara and we'll just serve you and love on you and any of your, any of your women who want to come out. And she went, she did start, nearly started crying. Wow. <laughs> and so anyway, that's how we met. She came okay. out for a retreat with her team. Um, I think it was a couple of uh, ladies who were in her program in Cherished. And we just hit it off. And I have been just one of her biggest fans right. since. And we've done a lot of um, speaking at places together. Um, anytime I'm asked somewhere, I'm like, hey, do you want to come and share with us? And so she's been amazing. She spoke at our last event that we had in Santa Barbara last year. And um, I was so excited when she was deter determined to get this actually right. launched, this book. So it, her story has need to be shared. And actually, I've been one of those bugs in her ear going, get your story out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So, that's you know, it's funny that you say that you used to be in the entertainment industry, right? Isn't it funny? Because I, I was in the entertainment for like 35 years uh -huh. before I did this. What were you doing? Uh, TV film producing. Same. So, yeah. Come on, Mike. Yes. So I was always behind the scenes, never in front of the camera, in front of the microphone. It wasn't until the pandemic where I started doing Zoom calls and like having people tell their stories. So that's what my podcast is about. Uh, it's called One Life. It's about positive psychology and everything under the mental health umbrella right. and, you know, telling people's stories. Because I had to learn through the pandemic to tell my story. Because I had a rough, you know, childhood and upbringing. Wow. And uh, when I finally started telling my story, like it healed me. And I'm still telling my story. Now I'm telling everybody yes. else's story. But I tell stories because I feel like we need that. We need to normalize these conversations. Like we need to be vulnerable and, and, and communicate even yeah. more. You and know? vulnerability is tough, it isn't is. it? I mean, it's exposing. And I think there's something, it's powerful for the person who's watching someone be vulnerable, yes. which in turn, eventually the person being vulnerable starts to realize there's power in it for them. Yes. So it's, it is, it's a necessary journey, Mike. It is, and that's why I tell you, like, once I started telling my story and being vulnerable on my shows, like, oh, it was such a healing. Like, yeah. I feel so, like, I'm so in a way better space now. You are? Oh, my God, yes. Well, this is amazing. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I thank you for being here. Um, no, but tell you. me this. Um, what more as a community can we do to bring more awareness? To this to this subject yeah that's a really good question well for a start we're still every day coming across people who have no awareness at all so right. I mean having those everyday conversations saying are you aware right <laughs> that actually this is happening in our city yes and you know I the reality is that America is now the number one demand worldwide Mike we are, we, we're, we're in this place right now where America is now going to have the reputation for being a predator on kids. Is that what we want? No. And I think we've not. got to, if, if we don't start saying, hang on a minute, guys, what's going on? Why are we feeding, what is feeding this industry? And if we don't start talking about things like porn and the sexualization of our culture, everybody's in this trap. It's not just those who get caught up in their life. I mean... Anyway, so I think we, the, the everyday conversation really matters. 
And I think that people need to just start backing people like Kate and organizations yeah. that are doing something about it. Because I think one of the biggest things we hear from people is, oh, I just, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, right. I'm, I'm heartbroken, but I, I don't know how to make a difference. I don't know what to do rather right. than just share. And I'm like, well, there are a lot of people actually doing something. Yeah, and those people on the front lines particularly, working with girls, working with women, dive in. And that's what we did when we first found out about it back in 2013. We were just gobsmacked. And I was working at DreamWorks Animation at the time, and we just decided, you know what? We assumed actually what we would do would be media mic, <laughs> right? right? I thought God will use me the way my gifts are going, right? Right. <laughs> um, of course not. Um, but we, we just dived in with the organization. It was called Saving Innocence. And we just dived in with them and just started trying helping in any way we could. And I think that's when you find out what your lane is. Yes. You know? I, that's, that's where I found my lane. Because not everybody is called to do what Kate's doing or what yeah. we're doing. Um, but if you don't know, get in. That's how I always just say. If you're not sure how to do what you know your heart's calling you to do, get in the car with someone who is right. doing it. You know what I mean? Like get in the car with yeah. them and you're going to soon get your momentum to find exactly. what your car is. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one, one last thing. Can you tell us more, not more about your foundation, but where they can find you? About our like program? A, yeah. Yes. Olive Crest Hope Refuge Campus. Okay. Um, we are actually, Olive Crest is the ones who've taken over the campus um, that we founded. And they can find that on literally olivecrest.org. Okay. Go to Santa Barbara, the region Santa Barbara, um, and you'll read all about the campus. And it's a kind of holistic treatment, uh, very heavy mental health, a lot of individual counseling, group counseling. Um, they're there anything from like eight, ten months a year, depending on what their treatment is. Okay. Um, and it's been, because we're so remote, Yes. It's successful. And we have an amazing team, obviously, which is what keeps them there. But we are very remote. And the thing about this population is they run. They run away. They run when yeah. they're happy. They run when they're sad. Yeah. And so because we're remote, they don't go off for the first three weeks. And in that time, they really bond with somebody. Okay. And once they've bonded, they're like, okay, I feel physically safe because I'm remote. I now feel a little bit more emotionally safe. I think I might embrace this. And when they do, they start to just love on themselves. They're away from social media. They're away from the internet. They go to school on site. They start to really achieve in school. It's one of the biggest successes of the program. Um, and then they're obviously getting all this treatment to actually dive into the, the habits that got them to where they are, the, right. you know, the behaviors that got them to the life that they're in, and how to identify the game of trafficking, the game that the pimps play, the manipulation. Right. So. Um, that's what the program's about. They are surrounded by incredible people who are helping them. It's a 24-7, it's very intensive. They're watched 24-7, but it's the highest level of care our state can give. Um, but it's amazing. It's really amazing. It's well, been thank, amazing to well, see the, the outcome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for diving into this, this world and, and helping. Thank you. We need more people like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really appreciate well, the kind it. of passion and stupidity where they collide, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, Sally, again. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, so you can go back and enjoy the party. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Right. Thank you. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MIC Reed, and I have Charlie here with us today. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. <laughs> Everybody know I'm bad with names. So don't worry about it. Everybody on my show know I'm bad with names. That's okay. I won't take it personally. All right, cool. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you do, because you have a long title that I'm not going to remember. So when I met Kate, um, ooh, a good number oh, of years ago. I want to know your title first. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you. That's, okay, that's, okay, okay. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I was a field deputy for the okay. L.A. County District Attorney's Bureau of Victim Services. Okay. So we assist victims of a violent crime. Okay. And human human trafficking is one of those categories of victims that we serve. And okay. so that's how I met Kate, and we wanted to get work together, and I wanted to try to help her and her agency as much as possible, and, and that's how we were able to connect. Okay, and tell me why it's important for you to be here to support this. You know, first of all, I love Kate, and okay. I love the work that she does, and I appreciate the work that she does. Um, but I just think that agencies that work for victims of a violent crime should really support one another and come together. Right. Unfortunately, nonprofits, we don't seem to get as much recognition, uh, unless you're huge, right, um, as for-profits. And for whatever reason, the nonprofits are the ones that are really in the trenches doing a lot of that work. And I'm not trying to say that for profits don't do anything, right. but usually people who have a major passion for what it is yeah. that they're doing are working for nonprofits. And unfortunately, there's now we don't make as much money. The people who work for nonprofits, and so I just think it's really important for us to just support one another. So anytime someone does something, I want to try to be there to support them. Oh, it is, and I love that. Um, we do need to do that more often because uh, I work with a lot of people at nonprofits, and trust me, their stories. I have a story as well, and it's the passion that they, that pushes us through it all and gets us through it. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think yeah. we need to hear more of those stories too. Yes. I think that they should definitely become more public, uh, so that people. People understand it there's so many things that happen to people that can happen to anyone um, and you know sometimes people walk around life with blinders on or feeling like right. they have a level of entitlement where something's not gonna happen to them and then when it does they're so shocked they're so you know right. and when you know had we had some education about some of these things when they were younger or they were you know they it could make them more aware no absolutely and I was just talking to a lady about that because even like in, in 2024 People don't realize, like, sex trafficking is real, and it's right in our neighborhood, like, under our nose, and it's so easy. People don't realize how easy it is to get caught up in it, because you have these predators that groom you, and you don't even, half the time, these women don't even know they're being groomed until it's too late, and it's like, they got you, and then you fall down this rabbit hole, and it's so hard to get out of it. Well, the weird thing to me about human trafficking is when you talk to some people, they think it happens over there. Right. Wherever over there is. Yeah, yeah but, we're there. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's so domestic. It's right here. It's right under your nose. It's your neighbor. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so prevalent right here. And I just think that people need to open their eyes a little bit more about what's going on. And, and yeah, it's it's scary. It's it really what it, it is. is because it can happen to anyone under any circumstance. And for people who, I mean, I know of so many young girls that don't have that father figure that really want to just be loved by someone. Right. And you know, saying all of the right things can really lead them down a dark rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I have a daughter, and uh, you know, I always think about that. You know, so I'm always talking to her, and you know. And, you know, she, she just turned 22, and, you know, she, she's in that era where, no, I'm okay, like, you know, but they don't talk about things, right? And so that's why kind of why I do my show, because I want to normalize these conversations. Well, the other thing I think is important, I have a son that's 31, right? And he's been around so much of the work that I've done. And I think it's really important for men to be aware yes. of human trafficking so that they can be, they, we need them to be just as against it as any and everyone else. And so when you see someone talking to a young girl and it just, it, you know, it doesn't 
pass the smell test. Right. You know, to be able to approach that and say, is everything okay here? What's going on? But everybody's so afraid to get into everybody else's business no. that, you know, things bypass us and we're not even aware. No, and I'm glad you brought up that because, like I said, I have a daughter and I have four sisters, and I've always been protective of women. Like, even, like, when I'm out at a bar or a club or something, and, you know, guys, I mean, that's a place where they it happens. But I'm always pulling my female friends to me, like, hey, come here. Like, I, I've been watching this guy. I, I don't like it's just a sense, like a vibe. Like, I don't like it. And I always pull them towards me, like, hey, don't talk to him. But you're right. More, more men need to be aware of that. Yeah, so important. I just think we need to all come together and Absolutely. really help so, one another. With that being said, as a community, what more can we do to bring awareness to this? I think people need to be aware. They need, you know, there's so many human trafficking 101 trainings and places you can go and people that you can talk to. I think that people should immerse themselves in that. You know, just learn more. People always say, what can I do? What can I do? Learn more. And I'm not asking you to go out on the streets and start talking to somebody because you can put yourself in harm's way if you don't know what you're doing. Leave that to the experts. But there's a whole lot of human trafficking 101 going on where you can really just get a better understanding of what it means, what it's about. Um, you know, there's all kinds of awareness training online. You know, this is the age of social media. So there's a ton of trainings and things that people can do online. It's not like you've got to drive 100 miles away from where you live to gain and gather information. So I just think it's important to get information and, and learn something so that you are more aware. Right. Now, one last thing. Uh, where can they find, as far as your company or the place you work for, if, if someone needs more information or to like reach you or someone in your field? So the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Bureau of Victim Services, they assist victims of a violent crime. They have an 800 number. Okay. So, And they have advocates all throughout the county um, and even an advocate specific to work with human trafficking victims. So. They have an 800 number, and that number is 1-800-380-3811. So you can always connect to an advocate, and they can assist you by navigating those waters. Well, thank you so much for that, and thank you for being here and, and uh, helping out with Kate and uh, supporting this, the Exposed Police Party. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you. Love you, Kate. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MIC Reed, and I have the lovely Sean with me here today. How are you doing? I'm good. I am great. Thank you for having so, me. Tell us a little bit about how you met Kate and your foundation. All right. So uh, I met Kate back in 2000 uh, during the formation of my nonprofit, Three Heart Connection. Um, what we do is we provide... Uh, services and resources for survivors uh, and victims of domestic violence where we focus on uh, victim advocacy, uh, physical fitness, and mental wellness. Uh, we provide education, um, yeah, we provide education and other resources like uh, assistance with uh, victims of crime applications. Uh, we'll go to court with victims and survivors who are looking for that assistance um, that you may not always be thinking clearly when right. you're going through those situations. So, um, And then we also provide free mental health services, mental therapy, uh, uh, what is it, emotional literacy, and uh, all kinds of other great things. So anyway, uh, during our uh, formation and coming together, we were just trying to see what other nonprofits and, and services were out there. 
and we, we stumbled across Cherish literally on almost every um, outlet that we were doing research on, Cherish would pop up. So uh, we made contact, uh, we met, and they actually invited us to an event back in 2021. and. Uh, yeah, since then it's just been a, a really good working relationship and supporting relationship. And then uh, at the end of last year, Kate actually asked for me to join her board. Okay. So I'm I'm a new board member, so I don't I don't have that much time in. But well, congratulations on yeah, that. Thank you. So tell me, um, why is it important for you to be here and be on our board and just to um, support Expose? Gosh, it's it's just. To support a survivor, it it means everything. You know the the stories, the wisdom, and just the strength that it takes for somebody like Kate to totally be vulnerable and open and, and sharing her story and exposed. Like this is this is a legacy, you know. Right. And in sharing these type of experiences, we need people like Kate. So I'm, I'm so grateful to support her in any way that I can. Nice. So I will definitely, um, yeah, just continue to push, push this book, right, right. really anything that she has going on. So what else um, can we do as a community to bring more awareness to these type of situations? I think, and it's going to sound really simple, but listen, you know? No, that's funny you say that because that's what everybody says. Really? Yes. So okay. I know it is simple, right? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, that's it? Yeah. But it really is that simple. Right. Just listen. A lot of times, you know, I, I'm a survivor myself of domestic violence. And, you know, I think the ones who are, you would assume, are the least likely to speak, we have something to say. Right. You know, we have our whole lot that's happened and um, a whole lot to offer. So I think just, just by listening, um, that is one of the best ways you can support. And then I would say money. You know, supporting uh, physically, or physically and uh, monetarily, any way that you can, whether it's something small or something really big, uh, something that you can do on a monthly basis, whatever that looks like based on your own personal finances. Um, because nonprofits like Cherished and, and all that Kate does, it's uh, a nonprofit. You know, she does a lot from her own uh, pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of these projects, they're, they're passion projects. They're from the heart. So just supporting financially. If you don't know what else to do, just give what you yeah, can. Every little bit helps. Definitely. Especially in nonprofits. Yeah. Every little bit helps. Definitely. Well, um, tell us again about your foundation and where they can, like if someone wants to reach out to you or if they needed help and you want to talk. Yeah, so if anybody uh, was interested in learning more about Three Heart Connection, um, we're on all social media platforms um, at Three Heart Connection, and that's spelled out T-H-R-E-E, Heart, H-A-R-T, and Connection, just the regular spelling. Um, and then our website. Our website has a plethora of information. Uh, and our website is threeheartconnection.org. But okay. well, thank you so much, Sean. I don't want to take too much of your time because I know you want to get back to the party. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for what you do in the community as well because it's a very important. And we all need, like you said, work together and uh, bring awareness to all this. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good one. You too.
So, welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MC Reed, and I got my good friend Barbara here from Thief and Barrels. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Good. How are you enjoying the event? The event is amazing. It's far more than I was anticipating, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's a party. It's a celebration. We're all out here to celebrate Kate, the book launch, everything else. And it's just great. I'm running into so many people from the Antelope Valley who made the trip down, yes, that's which I great. think is amazing. That is amazing. Because right? it's raining. Yes. We don't do rain in L.A. We as we all know. The sky's not blue. Nobody wants to drive. And it wasn't a, it wasn't it's, a quick it's trip. it's a Saturday night. Downtown Saturday night L.A. As well, right? Traffic. Right. I, yeah. I had to make arrangements to get out of the winery. I was like, I was finagling, but right. yeah, it was all good. But it's great to see everybody show up and right. show up for her and be here. So, so tell me, why is it important for you to actually be here and support this book release and her exhibit? Well, as you well know, I'm very involved in nonprofits out here yes. in the AV and have a background as well. And I had actually been trying to get a hold of Cherish for a wee bit. But I'm a firm believer everything happens when it's supposed to. You and I met when we were supposed to. We've talked about all this. No such thing as coincidence. So the reality was um, I put it out there that I wanted to meet with her. I wanted to figure out a way to connect and be able to assist and support. And when it all finally happened, which was really odd, a wonderful woman showed up at our winery doing a paint and sip, said she volunteered. I planted the seed. Two weeks later, I had a meeting with Kate and Kayla at the winery. Within 20 minutes, we all just looked at each other and said, yep, we're, we're, we're the people. Like, you, you're my people, you're my people. We did the whole thing. So I am here to assist, support however I can. We're still trying to figure out the exact place. Kate did formally ask me to be on the board, which I'm honored. So I am officially a board member of Cherish now. Um, so now it's just kind of finding out exactly how I can assist and support. Um, but I'm here for it. So tell me this. Um, as a community, because I know you do a lot of community work. As a community, what 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 can we do? What more can we do to um, bring more awareness to situations like this? I, I truly believe education, and I think we kind of walk that fine line quite often because all of us out here that are, I don't know, embracing it, know, knowing it, right. um, we're up against parents and other people that want to deny it. Right. So um, I really believe bringing uh, education into the schools and middle school and, and have some of these survivors speak or have some of these things going on would be incredibly powerful. Um, and it would also allow some of these young people that are are struggling with things to recognize red flags and things right. that may be sending them down the wrong path, choices and those type of things. But again, we're up against those that want to deny and embrace right. and, you know, don't, don't make our kids grow faster than they should be. And we want to keep them as children. And I respect that. I, I firmly believe and see where they're standing as a parent. I get it. But we're also sending our kids out into the world. Right. And whether it's the AV, whether it's LA, wherever it's at, as you sorry, as you know, I'm originally from the Midwest, so it's a different world back there. You come out to LA, it's a whole different game. Right. But no matter how you look at it, when you send your kids out of that house to school or wherever it is, they're going out into the world without you. Yeah. And if they don't have some awareness and if they don't have some understanding and education, we're sending them out ill-equipped. Yes. And so if people can stop looking at it as though we're trying to somehow make them grow up or lose their their innocence in some way and recognize it as true education and heightening awareness that's going to help them in the long run, that, that's what we have to overcome. 
I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I, I always say, because I'm reading a book right now called um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it's all about we are who someone told us who we are. We are who our environment told us we are until you break out of that. And so that's where the education comes in of all. And, and also another lady mentioned it about listening. Like we have to start listening to people as well and listening to signs and watching out for all that. So it is about education and being more aware of what's going on. I absolutely agree, 100%. And, it, and again, it's just overcoming those obstacles. Yes. Then you also have a lot of the school administrators that are terrified to yes. cross any lines. So yeah, education, awareness, all of it. We're here for it. Yes. We need to do it. That's right. why you're doing this podcast. Exactly. And I thank you for that. Of course. Yeah, so thank you for coming out here because I'm not going to take too much of your time. Just, You're all good. I want you to enjoy the party. we got to go dance. we got to go dance. dance. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Robert. I appreciate you. I love you for love all you that too, you baby. do. Thank you. Um, and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Right. Pleasure.